Welcome to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're excited you've joined us as we hear what God has to say to us through Scripture and this message from Pastor Paul. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is supernatural. Prayer is the divine right of every child of God. And here's what you need to know. There are two realms in play in our lives. There is the physical world that we see, and there is the spiritual realm that we don't see. The natural world that we live in, the supernatural world that God lives in. And when we do things like open the Bible, we're inviting the supernatural realm into the natural. We're inviting God into our life and legacy. And when we worship, we're inviting God and His supernatural presence and power into our midst. And when we pray, we are welcoming Him into the life that He is entrusting to us. Today, we begin a short series on prayer modeled after Jesus' own prayer recorded in John chapter 17. It's the longest of Jesus' prayers that we have in the Bible. And he begins by praying for himself. So if you don't have any prayer requests, you're not paying attention to your life. We've all got needs. Now, when we pray, something is happening in the supernatural. And, and some of us in this room may think, yeah, we have, I have no idea. I've never really tried to pray before. Or some of us may say, well, I have an idea. And some of us may even consider ourselves seasoned prayers, mature, if you will. It doesn't matter where you start. We all need help to know how to pray. See if this wasn't true of you growing up, if you grew up in a, in a Christian home and a church-going family. You had wrote prayers, now lay me down to sleep, God is great, God is good, and don't mix those two. Um, don't forget which one you're... But what happens, hopefully, as you mature in faith, you realize that you grow in prayer to where prayer is more conversational. And if you don't know how to pray, it's okay. You'll learn. So today, we listen to Jesus Christ, God on earth, in prayer. This prayer, by the way, is only recorded by John. A few other notes about prayer as we start. Number one, if Jesus needed to pray, we need to pray. Number two, if Jesus didn't feel bad about asking for personal needs, you shouldn't feel bad. What is it that you need from God? But here's the most important thing about prayer. Prayer is how we build relationships with God and others. That's the primary purpose of prayer. And here in John 17, Jesus is building in His relationship with the Father, and He's allowing us to listen in. And know this, that if you want to have a great marriage, you want to have a great family, you want to have a great job, it starts in prayer. You want to improve your relationship with your spouse? You want to improve your relationship with your children? Then pray for them. Pray with them. Also in prayer, you can discover God's will for your life and have a life that is purposeful and meaningful and valuable. Today is John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. It's the first of three sections in this 
1, Jesus prays for himself. Here's how John opens chapter 17. After Jesus said this, he has just been preparing his disciples, his followers, for his departure. He's about to leave. But he's assuring them at the same time of the Holy Spirit who's going to come to continue to be with them. After he said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed. There are two ways to live life. Culture up or kingdom down. You see, this world is not our home. Sin has affected and infected everything. This world is broken. We know we live in a fallen world. And when we look up in prayer, we are reminding ourselves who our ruler is and where our true citizenship lies. And know this, in addition to God, there's Satan. So when we worship, when we pray, we are inviting in that unseen supernatural realm. This is why you need to know to whom you're praying and what you're inviting in. Will we invite heaven down into our lives or will we pull hell up into our lives? Ultimately, Jesus comes down from heaven to defeat Satan and disarm the demonic. And he will come again and put an end to all lies and sickness and death. Jesus will finally destroy all evil. So you and I are in the middle of this great battle, if you will. And when you choose unforgiveness, when you choose bitterness, when you choose temptation, when you choose lies... You're pulling hell up into your life. For some, that may explain why you're tormented. So how do you get through this? Well, don't focus on regret. Don't focus on fear. From this day forward, look to Jesus. He is where your salvation comes from, who replaces your hatred with love, who replaces your bitterness with forgiveness, who replaces your temptation with freedom. His name is Jesus. He comes with all authority and power, and praying to Him invites all of His power into our lives. So when we pray, pray to deepen your relationship with God. The Word of God is so powerful that one word could change everything. And how does Jesus start his prayer? Father. When asked elsewhere by his disciples to teach them to pray, Jesus says, pray like this, our Father. Prayer starts with getting to know our God as Father. That's a relational term. Before Jesus came, no religion taught to pray to God as Father. They would say, God is impersonal. Some would even, might even say he's cruel, he's mean. They would certainly say he's distant. Jesus tells us God is our Father, and he says, he says that God is our Father over 165 times in the Gospels. Now, some people have a hard time with this because our view is based on a projection or a rejection of our earthly father. Well, I've got good news for you. If you have no father, you do have a father now. 
If you've had a bad father, I have good news. You have a good father now. If you had a father that abused you, I have good news for you. You have a father who will never harm you. If you had a father who abandoned you, I have good news for you. You have a father who will never leave you nor forsake you. And if you had a good father, you're doubly blessed because you were loved by your earthly father and you are loved by your heavenly father. If you're a father or a grandfather and you love and enjoy and serve and protect your children, that's the father's heart of God. And you need to know God sees you as his kid. His heart is open continually, perfectly for you. You're not an orphan. You're not on your own. You have a dad who loves you and cares for you. Let's see if this helps. Lori and I, maybe like many of you that are parents, never had to teach our girls to come and ask things of us, make requests, want things. Shockingly, they figured that out on their own. And here's why. If you love them, they come to you. They talk to you. God is a father. And prayer ultimately is talking to your dad. Do you struggle with prayer? That don't focus on prayer. Focus on getting to know God as your father. Because once you know who your dad is... You talk to him. You run to him. Once you know how powerful your dad is, you make requests of him. And God answers every prayer in one of three ways. Yes, no, or later. Not yet. You say, well, I prayed and it didn't work. God didn't answer. He did. It's just no or not yet. I mean, come on, parents, if you love your child, have you ever had to say no to them? Sure. All right, next point. Pray to prepare yourself for big changes. Here's Jesus' beginning of the prayer again. Father, the hour has come. Now, every day is important, but some days are really important. Maybe you've got a big decision to make, a big obstacle to overcome, a big lesson to learn. Some days are crucial. And when there's a fork in the road and you don't know which way to go, being careful because if you choose poorly, it could lead to some pretty bad consequences. Jesus is in the last week of his life. In fact, he's just hours away from his crucifixion, the most important event in the history of the world, the death, burial, and eventual resurrection of the Lord God, Jesus Christ. He's going to have Satan against him. He's going to have demons against him. He's going to have a mob against him. And what does Jesus do? He stops and he prays. And you see, the bigger it is, the more you need to pray. Now, what I'm not saying is make your plans and ask God to bless them. I'm saying meet with God and ask Him what His plan is. So if you're facing an obstacle, a struggle, some major issue is staring you in the face, (laughs) sometimes God is going to get you around it. Sometimes God is going to get you through it. 
And that's sometimes when you want to ask, okay, God, if we're going to get through this, you and me, how are we going to do this? Next, pray to glorify God by exercising your authority. As Jesus continues in his prayer, he prays, glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. This is Jesus telling us that he and the Father are co-equal, co-eternal. For you granted him authority over all people. How do you glorify God the same way Jesus did by exercising your authority? Jesus here has told us who he is. His identity is as son of God. In a few moments, we're going to see that he also is the bringer of eternal life, which means he's the savior. He's also God, the eternal creator. He has authority over all. That means there is no place that Jesus doesn't rule over. There's no person that Jesus is not Lord over. There is no authority equal to the authority of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the strongest name. The name of Jesus is the truest name. The name of Jesus is the most powerful name that ever was, can be, or ever will be declared. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. No one is like Jesus. He even has authority and power over death and the grave. And you share His authority. This is crucial for you. We are referred to as Christians only three times in the Bible. But over 200 times, mostly through the Apostle Paul, we are referred to as being in Christ, in the Lord, in Him. You see, that's our true identity. Our culture talks a lot about our identity in terms of self-esteem, self-love, self-awareness. The problem with that is that it puts self at the center and who you are in relation to yourself. Instead, it should be who you are in relation to Him for your identity is something God gave you by virtue of you believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let me share with you one verse from Ephesians 2, something that Shan had already read, but just to remind you, verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. What that means is when you die and you rise, you will be seated with Christ in the heavenlies. The Bible even says that you and I will judge angels. So that means that it's available to you is the authority and power of Jesus Christ so that when temptations come, exercise your authority. Stop and pray and say no to sin and yes to God. And when you do that, you are inviting heaven down so that you're not pulling hell up. And it allows you to say no. I am a child of God. I am loved by my Father. I am a new creation in Christ. In Romans 8.1, we're told that there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. 
That is, there is no power against me that is stronger than the power of God that is in me and for me. Now, all that being said, exercise that authority humbly because one of the devil's tactics is pride. It's not in my name that I can say no to Satan. It's not with my power. It's with Jesus' power and authority. So stop and remind yourself who God is. Stop and remind yourself who you are. And then you will glorify not yourself, but God. Next, pray to live in light of eternity. Jesus' prayer continues. For you granted authority, you granted Him, meaning the Son, meaning Jesus, authority over all people, that He might give eternal life to all those you have given Him. Now this is eternal life. What is eternal life? You're about to hear it's a relationship. Eternal life is a place, heaven, but it's also a person. Eternal life is a relationship with God. Here's what eternal life is, that they know you, this is Jesus' prayer, that they know you, the only true God. There's only one God. There are many false gods. There's only one true God, that you know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. What is eternal life? Eternal life is knowing God the Father through Jesus Christ. That means eternal life is relational, it's loving, it's personal. And get this, eternal life does not begin the day you die. Eternal life begins the day you meet Jesus. The most important thing you have in this life is your relationship with God. You won't take your car to heaven. You won't take your house to heaven. You won't take your resume to heaven. You will take your relationship with God and your relationships with God's people. You see, God is in the process of making a family. And we'll hear more about this next week as Jesus' prayer will continue. But He's a dad. And He wants you to be one of His kids. Then pray to clarify God's will for you. More of Jesus' prayer. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Sounds like a strange statement from Jesus. He's saying, I knew what to do and I did it. Except maybe it's not so strange, it's not so crazy. If you think back, even just the last few months of your life, could you say, I knew what to do and I did it? Because usually it's, I didn't know what to do. Or, yeah, I knew what to do, I just didn't do it. To walk in. In God's will is to know what to do and do it. Here's how it works. you got to stop and pray. Talk to God. Listen to God. Do what God tells you to do, starting with Scripture, the Word of God. That means you're going to have to say no to some things. You can say yes to other things. You know, Jesus healed people, but not everyone. Jesus performed miracles, but not every day. There were times that he just wanted time to 
reconnect with the Father. And there were times, quite honestly, he just wanted rest. Jesus took naps. That's on my agenda for today. I'm going to be like Jesus this afternoon, especially after a lock-in Friday night. (laughs) I'm going to be like Jesus, and we're going to take naps. You need to ask God, what do I need to say no to so I can say yes to? Look, you and I have limited time, limited money, limited energy. So you want to invest your life wisely, not waste your life recklessly. So how do you find the will of God? Primarily through the Word of God and prayer. And then through wise counsel from godly people who will pray with you, and they themselves know the Word of God. And let me tell you, when you know what God's will is, it gives you a courage which is supernatural. So don't settle for less than God's best for you. Lastly, pray to experience God's presence. Here's how this portion of Jesus' prayer ends. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. The Father and the Son live in constant union, and the Lord Jesus gives us insight into the character and nature of that relationship. How is Jesus going to glorify the Father? By living in the presence of the Father. Here's what's amazing. Jesus was in heaven in the presence of the Father. He comes to earth still in the presence of the Father, and He goes to the grave still in the presence of the Father. Jesus knew that that relationship was secure. He knew the Father was present with Him. Jesus is now seated in heaven, and one day you will see Him by sight. You will be in the presence of God. But in the meantime, you're still in the presence of God. You're not abandoned. And prayer is how we take the hand of God and walk with Him. And here's the good news. You're never alone. God the Father promises His presence is with you. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and the Holy Spirit that is in you is the presence of God with you. So the presence of God is in you, so you can always be in the presence of God. Let me close with this admonition. We need to bathe our lives in the presence of God, our families as well. We need to saturate this church with the presence of God. This week, we're talking about praying for ourselves. Next week, it goes to other places. It'll be praying for other Christians, eventually praying for those who are not believers. But this week, we're praying for ourselves. So today, tell God what you need. We hope you found this message to be encouraging. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and at bhprez.org for more information.